0: Hi, this is Dr. Whitney Hauser, and welcome to Dry Eye Coach Podcast. Today, I'm joined with ophthalmologist and dry eye expert, Dr. Laura Perryman. Uh, Laura practices in the Seattle area, and her Twitter handle is at DryEyeMaster, so check her out on Twitter. Thanks for joining us today, Laura. How are you?
1: I'm wonderful. Good to be here today, Dr. Hauser. Thank you.
0: Thanks. Yeah, no, it's our pleasure to have you. Uh, So, You know, I want to talk today a little bit about something called intense pulse light for dry eye. Uh, IPL, as it's also called, is uh, it's been in ophthalmology for many years and is really starting to get some traction in optometry. And since you're one of sort of the experts in IPL, I wanted to reach out to you and see if we could talk a little bit about that. So for those who might not be familiar, can you give us just sort of a quick overview of IPL in general, sort of its origins and, and where it is in eye care
1: today? Sure. Uh, IPL stands for intense pulse light. And on a technical level, it's not technically a laser. It's considered a class two device and it employs a broad spectrum of light, but then filters are used to uh, specify the effects that you're targeting, exactly what you're, what you're looking for. Um, mm-hmm. What's interesting about it is the evolution of the technology and the advances in the energy delivery systems, in the safety profiles, in the efficacy in a way that is very approachable and very uh, easy to learn. I personally use uh, a specific device for specifically its energy delivery profile and safety and efficacy. Okay.
0: Uh, Which device do you use?
1: I am a big fan of the Luminous m 22 It has um, proprietary technology that keeps the energy delivery consistent across the pulse duration, and that's one of the features that contributes to its safety and its efficacy. Right, right. You know, you
0: kind of hit on something in the beginning of your answer there that – one of the misconceptions about IPL is that it's a laser, both from a patient perspective and a novice professional perspective. But indeed, it is, a, you know, a light, a xenon flash lamp that, you know, emits a light. So um, tell me a little bit about why you started using IPL in your practice. What what was, you know, compelling to you?
1: Well, that that's a great question. I, as a dry disease expert, I see, see a lot of dry eyes. And right. I'm more and more impressed all the time at how much rosacea is really comorbid with my dry disease patients, particularly my MGD patients. And so, in the past, I would send my patient to my local dermatologist seeing significant ocular rosacea, requesting treatment, IPL right. treatment for my patient, and they would come back saying, "Oh, the doctor didn't think I had rosacea." Like Ugh, I'm looking at it under the slit lamp, so. What's interesting about that disconnect is now we have a consensus paper that was just published this year in 2017. That's called the Rosco R O S C O consensus panel, and it was uh, 17 dermatologists and three ophthalmologists, and they broke clinical diagnosis of rosacea down into four main categories, and they added ocular rosacea as another key clinical diagnostic feature, and that's great for us as doctors that treat dry disease because it turns out that ocular rosacea often precedes facial rosacea and ocular rosacea is associated with uh, poor prognosis and MGD management.
0: Yeah, and to that point, you know, I think that some studies have said as much as 20% of the time that ocular symptoms and signs may precede dermatological ones, So, you know, whether it's ophthalmology or optometry, they're perhaps maybe the first people to diagnose uh, a greater problem in their patients.
1: Correct. I totally agree with that. And what I've observed over time, I'd be curious to know if you have found this to be true as well, is that um, the subtle findings of earlier stages of rosacea are now much more obvious to me. And now I have the, the power and the tool to directly address that particular problem and potentially even prevent some of those later complications of rosacea, including the pustular form and the erythematous form, and it's disfiguring and it's clearly totally a life-affecting.
0: I mean, I couldn't agree more. It's funny the things that you see when you look for them, and it's easier to look for them when you feel like you have a tool to treat them. So I think you really hit well the nail said. on the head. Yeah, <laughs> That was beautifully yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you you did it for me. You put it out there. So So, you know, one of the things uh, that I'm asked a lot, and I imagine you are as well, is how does all this work? So, you know, people understand uh, how, you know, emerging pharmaceuticals are working, other devices work. IVL remains a little mysterious. Can you sort of let us in on the mechanism of action as you see it?
1: You bet. You know, here's what's super interesting about IVL is a targeted approach to addressing the inflammation comorbidity associated with rosacea, Um, when you look into the peer-reviewed literature, there's actually five bases for the mechanism of action. It has an anti-inflammatory effect on a cellular and molecular level. Pretty cool. I'm super interested in that part of the story. (laughs) There's the
0: I love your I love your interest in, in inflammation. So you definitely think that's cool. You may think so more than regular practitioners, but it is cool. I have to agree with you.
1: It's just super interesting. I've been studying it for yeah. 25 years, and it just it all makes sense. Um, sorry, right. there's the thrombolytic component, and that is the IPL's ability to basically photocoagulate those abnormal leaky vessels that are leaking you know, inflammatory cells and inflammatory cytokines and everything else right around, and edema, right around those delicate little myelomian glands and the terminal ducts. Then there's the sanitizing effect, and I get a nefarious satisfaction out of this part of it because there's a yeah. photo destruction of the right? parasites and the bacteria associated with it. So it's really fun knowing that I'm Blasting away the, the bad guys, if you will, yeah, like a scene out of Star Wars or something. And then there's, well, and, the, you know,
0: to to that point, not to interrupt your your next your next oh, no, item, but you know, a lot of the rosacea patients that we see have Demodex. So, what okay. do you think the role is in controlling that for that particular population?
1: Well, this has uh, been studied, and you can go to the peer-reviewed literature to to read about this. But the right. uh, The exoskeleton of the demodex mite has a chromophore that absorbs the light from the IPL, and it basically explodes them from the outside. And And thus
0: um, your satisfaction. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Get get out of here, you dirty
1: buggers. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I love that. The photomodulating effect (laughs) is interesting. On a a cellular level, it... um, Inside of the cell, it actually works the complete opposite of UV photo damage, which is really interesting, using light to turn back the damage of light. Really cool. But it changes the way that the intracellular messengers regulate gene expression inside the cell. So it, like, literally changes the way the cell behaves. It turns back the clock of time. I call it the share effect. If I could only turn back time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's...
0: That's really uh, that's really interesting. That's one of those. That's one that I didn't know, and you know that's a real hot topic talking about gene expression and alteration. So
1: that's a that's a that's really a point of interest. It's super cool, and uh, patients kind of like that part of it because that's what yeah you know, what I call the gift with purchase of IPL, and that's the photorejuvenating rejuvenating effect. The uh, right, that
0: and that sort of goes point. to the it sort of goes to the the original, you know. Uh, use of the product in dermatology was, you know, a, a photofacial, if you will, to to make you look better. And so I would imagine your patients, uh, you know, really appreciate that. They feel better and they look better.
1: Bingo. And interestingly, the, uh, as it was being used in that photofacial arena in the mid 2000s, that's when the association was first described. Uh, Dr. Toyos in Nashville sounds like, gosh, when I send my patient out for IPL for their photofacial, they will often just mention to me, gosh, my eyes feel better. And that's when the aha light bulb moment came off. And it all makes sense now that we have all this amazing research to back up the mechanism of action, how this is actually working. So we've
0: kind of talked about the clinical relevance, uh, how the the light works, and how patients, you know, appreciate their both symptomatic improvement from dry eye, but also the aesthetic benefits of IPL. You know, when you are consider implementing this in your practice and, and putting this in a private practice setting, you know, what are some things that you would think are points of consideration for a doctor who's considering putting IPL in their
1: office? Well, uh, points of consideration, you want to understand at least on a, you know, reasonable level what exactly is happening on, with the technology so that when you recognize the ideal candidate, and there's more than you realize. <laughs> right. I have discovered that um, you, you're able to talk to them intelligently about what you can offer them. So fact, I have a different approach to the problem, um, a new way of addressing the problem that's broad spectrum and its effects. Here's what I'm hoping to get out of it. Here's what the peer-reviewed literature says I'll get out of it. Here's what I'd like to offer to you. Oh, and by the way, it's nice because you may notice a photo rejuvenation effect. Oh, really? Right. That's right <laughs> yeah, It was described in dermatology uh, decades ago, and the association with helping dry disease was described right. right now. And so more or less,
0: n- knowing what the equipment does, what its benefits and limitations are, being able to talk to your patient about that, and then offer them the duality of the treatment from the aesthetics and, and dry eye perspective is pretty much the best presentation, in your opinion. Is that a fair summary?
1: I think so, with one minor switch. I would emphasize right. the dry eye part of it way oh, over certainly. the aesthetic part of it. Yeah, that's that's right. the only change I would just like, Yeah, because that's really what I'm interested in, as the nerd right. that I am. And yeah. the other parts what the patient appreciates.
0: Right, that's <laughs> that's the <laughs> uh, icing on so the uh, icing on the cake. Then <laughs> with the aesthetic aspect. Exactly. So you know, when you think about IPL, why do you consider it one of the best treatments for MGD? Really, what what do you think its its finest points
1: are? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, there's this amazing paper that just came out in the Ocular Surface Journal. That is like a nerd deluxe. I love reading that journal; it's amazing. <laughs> but they had um, <laughs> I read was every two months when it comes out. The um, yeah. paper in the April issue. Um, mm-hmm the Odyssey paper, really lays out uh-huh. the key mechanisms of MGD and their six interrelated mechanisms. And they're all, you know, sort of heady the way they talk about it in this academic paper and, you know, being a Montana girl likes to tell stories, I'm like, well, what if I reorganize this list and call it the beast of MGD, you know, raw, like yeah. some, you know, some big Gary Perry thing. And right. so If you break it down in that construct, you can then organize your interventions and they're all helpful, they are all important. It just turns out that there's a positive benefit with IPL on the obstruction, the bacteria right. and demodex burden, the inflammatory burden, the enzymatic compromise inside the meibomian gland stem cells, in addition to the stasis. Probably less effective in the temperature part, but we have uh, thermal pulsation, um, Bruterman, right. home care, et cetera, to deal with that specific component. So it all works together, and you know, in my mind it really still is a multi sector problem that deserves a multidisciplinary approach. It's just that this one is broad-based.
0: Right. I, I think you hit on a lot of things, you know, with the papers that you referenced, because in the beginning, I think it was a lot of anecdotal evidence. I think there was a lot of, you know, um, internal um, research done, and I think that that's just broadened as more people have become accepting of the technology and you know, having a lot of different research always makes a more powerful story for the patient as well as our colleagues who are considering using this particular technology in their office.
1: So, so well Laura really to have the confidence in it, you know. Just increasing the yeah, confidence exactly. in it.
0: Exactly. It's always it's always good to have, you know, clinical evidence backed up by research. Well, I'd really like to thank you for joining us today. You know, we covered a lot of ground in terms of IPL, and I learned a lot in terms of the mechanism of action. So, uh, Dr. Laura Perryman, as I said, is at Dry Eye Master on Twitter. You can follow her there. She puts out a lot of interesting posts. And I'd like to thank you all for joining us today for another podcast from Dry Eye Coach. You can join us at drycoach.com. Uh, it's a free subscription. And thank you so much, Laura.
1: Thank you so much, Winnie. I hope you have a great day. You too.